everyone. I'm Margie Alanis, and this is Farm Her Talks, thoughtful conversations to connect and inspire the farm her in all of us. It's been a while since we were last here, and I brought a very exciting guest into the Farm Her Talks to feature as we near Women's History Month in March. I want you all to meet Marsha Bunger, who is the administrator of USDA's Risk Management Agency. Prior to her appointment, Marsha served as a county executive director for USDA's Farm Service Agency. It is safe to say that she is one of those women who's making history every day, and I'm very excited to talk with her about her background, the perspective she brings to USDA and the Risk Management Agency on diversity, equity, and inclusion, and her advice to women in agriculture who are actively trying to grow their career success. So I've talked about this a little bit before, and I've spent pretty much all of my career, maybe somewhat accidentally in the agriculture space, I have actually spent over 14 years of my career working in the crop insurance industry. So you all know me as Farm Her. If I if I cross paths with any of you out in the world, that's that's uh, what you say to me usually, uh, which is absolutely one of the hats that I wear. But I also spend a whole lot of my time in the crop insurance industry. In January of 2021, I re-entered the crop insurance industry after an eight-year hiatus where I spent full-time building Farm Her and focusing on my family to find many things in the crop insurance industry the same, but also many things different. In those years, the world seemed to have become far more aware of inequalities and the responsibility that we all have to focus on diversity, equity, and inclusion, and how we can all work to bring agriculture along in this conversation. Agriculture is a culture. It is the fact that cultures thrive with diversity of thought, of gender, of age, of ethnicity, all of it. And without diversity um, and without diverse thinking, cultures ultimately will fail. And so agriculture is no different. And, and I've believed this for a long time. I've spent, um, you know, many, many years uh, elevating women through the conversations that we have at Farm Her. That is absolutely extremely important to me. Sometimes I've had this thought when I take a look around in the crop insurance industry, there has not traditionally been a lot of diversity, at least that is visible. And we all know that diversity can be skin color, it can be gender, it can be age, it can be those things that you see, but it also can be things that you don't see. Diversity of thought, um, you know, things like that. And so um, there's not much visible diversity, I will say. And so um, when I when I first came back to the industry, I was extremely encouraged within those first few months to listen in on a women leaders event that the risk management agency within USDA hosted. Richard Flournoy hosted that. It was a panel discussion highlighting women leaders in our crop insurance industry. It did something really important in that it gave those women a voice that is otherwise and not always prevalent. It's maybe not always at the forefront of what you see in this industry. And events and focus like that are so very important and so are women who are taking a seat at the table, like Marsha Bunger. So with that, welcome, Marsha. It's an honor to have you on this episode of Farm Her Talks. So first things first, let's talk broadly about your connection to agriculture. Where are you from? Did you grow up around farming or in the industry? Tell me a little bit about yourself. Thank you for the question. Um, nothing better than to be able to talk about my background. I am a woman born and raised in South Dakota. Um, my parents were farmers and a teacher. I'm a daughter of a fourth generation farmer, and I am now the fifth generation farming some of that same land. 
I am also the daughter of an immigrant from Japan who immigrated to this country in the 50s, um, met and married my dad, and I um, went to school in a one-room schoolhouse the first and second year of grade school. When um, they closed that township school, I attended high school, grade school in town. I graduated with 12 other kids in a very small high school of 38. I then went on to um, Augustana College in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, where I obtained my Bachelor of Arts degree in communications and business administration. I married my high school sweetheart, where we started farming land, some of my parents' ground, in fact, in 1982. Um, of course, we all know the 80s. Yes. We all had to deal with the farm crisis, and I quickly saw that it was important for me to seek off-farm employment so that I could help sustain and keep us on the farm. So I had an opportunity to go to work at what was then ASCS, where I was hired as a temp. And I worked for ASCS and then FSA for the next 25 years. I became a full-time employee, and then eventually I entered the COT program, the County Operations Training Program, where I could become a county executive director. I served in that capacity for about 18 of the 25 years. The career path, you know, led me once I served a 25-year career at FSA. I went into the private sector and became a crop insurance agent. Probably along about 18 after um, the administration came in, basically encouraged folks from across the country to apply through the Build Back Better model with the Biden administration. And I submitted an application with my background and with my experiences. And I was contacted by the White House and asked if I was interested in interviewing for the Risk Management Agency Administrator position, which of course, at the time, it was pretty incredible to me that they would reach back into a very rural state and used my resume to make that determination that they wanted to interview me. For those people that do listen to this podcast, I think it really speaks to the promise of America when a, a little girl from a very rural state can become the head of an extremely important agency within USDA. Absolutely. So going back, you have been surrounded by agriculture from the beginning of your life, it sounds like, you know, from many different perspectives. And and I think that the fact that you started your life and have continued to live your life in a rural community is very, very important, right? Because in this world that we live in, you know, having those kind of boots on the ground, if you will, is extremely important, I think, to be able to understand both sides of the equation. And so the fact that you and your husband are still engaged in farming today, I think is is very important. And it gives you that that kind of knowledge from both sides, right? And so can you tell me just a little bit about, is it row crops? Do you have livestock? What is the... Uh, boots on the ground entail today and back in your home state of South Dakota? So currently we farm approximately 1,200 acres of row crops. So corn and beans and then a small amount of small grain. We also have a livestock operation. It's a cow-calf operation where we have about 200 head of cows that we calve out every year. Um, and so our operation is not only grains, but it is livestock and that has 
probably helped over the years with having some diversification that way in the times that grain crop prices were low or vice versa with livestock. Up up until 90s, in the mid 90s, up until then, we did have a swine operation. We farrowed to finish approximately 80 head of sows. But in the mid 90s, we saw a really drastic price drop in the swine industry. So we sold all of our pigs and we just concentrated on increasing our cattle herd. Um, you just painted a picture for all of the, all of the things and and uh, for our conversation about uh, you know crop insurance and and really the role that RMA plays uh, in right. in supporting you know our farmers and our ranchers through all of the the very difficult parts that come with uh, commodities right with with growing or raising yeah. commodity crops if you will it it is a challenge. Absolutely. And, and uh, the stakes only get bigger, it seems like not smaller in this challenge. And so um, that that is, um, that's great. Thank you for sharing a little bit about about your boots on the ground. So um, I know that you and I have gotten a chance to actually visit in South Dakota before. And uh, so you do spend your time kind of in both places. And, and this is a, a windy path of a career, which it always is, right? I think um, mm-hmm. I, I always like think back if I could go back and, and talk to myself when I was like 22, would I have ever, would I have ever, ever <laughs> thought that my career would wind me in this way? And right. the answer is absolutely no. I, I heard you laugh. So I think you probably have the same uh, uh, feelings, right? <laughs> yeah. But but I think it goes to the point of in your career, you knew you needed to diversify your family's income. So that pushed you to go outside of the farm, right? And to engage in. And, and what did you say the organization was that eventually turned into FSA? ASCS. So the Agricultural Stabilization and Conservation Service was what I always say was called old FSA. Uh-huh. So ASCS was the precursor to what we now call the Farm Service Agency. Okay. Uh, this industry is the most uh, acronym-filled. Uh, Laden. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's absolutely <laughs> horrible. So for anybody listening, yeah, you uh, stepped into, I guess, somewhat of a local uh, but federal government role that pertains and, and serves farmers and ranchers, right? Yeah. And it provided me a, a, a just a, a great amount of institutional knowledge in my current role as the RMA administrator. And like you're talking about, Margie, who knew? You know, you just do the things that you need to do to take care of your family, to sustain what you are currently doing in agriculture, whatever it might be, whether it's staying on the farm and doing the work, you know, the planting, the plowing, the cultivating, the harvesting, or in in my instance, that off-farm employment became very valuable in tougher economic times. Yeah. And I I was so fortunate that I could gain that this kind of knowledge through Farm Service Agency in um, a town probably about 15 miles away from where our farm is. Another important part that I heard, Marsha, as you talked about your windy path is that diversification matters not just on a farm, but in a career as well. So you, you had the opportunity to engage in um, some additional training that helped broaden you out, and then you worked yourself into a role of an agent, right? So um, you took the knowledge that you started with in the ASCS and and eventually FSA and built on that and, and broadened yourself out. And w- what would you say your take is on opportunities like that when they come your way, right? Because 
I'm sure that during these years, uh, you were juggling a family, you're juggling farming and, and also thinking about your career, correct? That's exactly right. You know, there was um, an opportunity. Um, sometimes it's almost forced because of economics, but yet I still also wanted to respect myself in that, you know, how am I going to be fulfilled over the next 30, 40, 50 years? And it really has turned out that way. I have been able to provide that sustainable income, off-farm income to keep us farming, but yet it's also given me a great deal of satisfaction and fulfillment because I get to keep working with farmers. Right. And it really relates to what my life has been. And the experience, the fulfilling part of that has been not only working at FSA, but also becoming a crop insurance agent. And now, again, in this role as the RMA administrator, it has been very fulfilling. And I just feel very lucky that I'm in my present role. Absolutely. So so let's talk a little bit about that that role. Um, obviously, you've, you've packed up different pieces and, and learned different things along the way and all of the different shoes or boots that you've stood in throughout your career that have led you to this point. Um, and so what do you feel like some of, some of the most important traits that you bring to quite frankly, the very top role at RMA, which is one of the largest agencies within the United States Department of Agriculture, you, you have an extremely important position. And if, if you think back, uh, about yourself and about your career, uh, for people listening who, who might want to work their way to, into leadership at some point, what are some of those traits that you think, um, that, that you value that you bring to this role? I think one of them is the experience. Coming to this role was like drinking from a fire hose. Yeah. But at the same time, it really, the experience that I've had over the last 40 years has really helped me navigate this time while I have been here. When you can talk the talk, I think people look at you differently than if you didn't have those experiences. When we navigate government at RMA, but yet we're also navigating the private sector. So we're working with crop insurance agents. We're working with the approved insurance providers that are a part of that relationship and then engaging stakeholders. I have a good basic understanding when the concerns are raised from the farmers, from the stakeholder groups. And so it affords me the opportunity to ask pertinent questions in attempts to try to move forward, improve products at with crop insurance, but yet at the same time balance what is required with government and the laws and legislations that we have to follow that are stood up by Congress. And of course, also most importantly, the time I spent at in government service with the Farm Service Agency also gives me a great appreciation of the need to be a very good steward of taxpayer dollars. Absolutely. There's a lot going on in all of that, but you know, you just take one step at a time and it's day by day. And as as issues present themselves, it's being able to communicate back to farmers ranchers, stakeholders, to give them an explanation of maybe why things are the way they are and and explain it in a no-nonsense way, um, an understandable way. Having that experience is invaluable, and um, I can see how it would serve you well uh, in, in the 
challenging spot that you sit in when when you are balancing all of those different stakeholders, um, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I, I spent the first 12 years of my career in crop insurance, working for an approved insurance provider. And then I uh, jumped off that bus and I started Farm Her, where uh, I get the mm-hmm. uh, wonderful... Uh, opportunity to share the stories of women who are engaged in all different spaces in agriculture. And um, when the opportunity came up for me to step back into crop insurance while I wasn't looking for that, I was very excited to do so because I felt like I could bring a different lens than I had the first time around in my career. And that is um, there are, uh, simply put, there's there's not enough women in, in leadership in the in the industry. Uh, there's There's a not a lot of diversity in general um, and no different than the way uh, that across the board in agriculture, right? That, that we see a lot of yeah. agriculture based organizations. And um, I think it's just the way that it's been. I, I, while I don't think it's an intentional piece, I think it takes a lot of intentionality to think how we want to continue to evolve uh, to meet a growing uh, and changing population of people. And so um, I think, it goes without saying that I think diversity is extremely important in in any culture. Agriculture is no different. It, it is a culture and and to thrive, uh, uh, organizations and cultures uh, that they that are part of them need to continue to adapt and adjust. And um, you have diversity of thought, you have diversity of of age, of ethnicity, of gender, right? Like there's many different ways that we can look at diversity. but um, it is one of the most important pieces that I view that I can bring along with me and keep my foot on on the gas, if you will, of of raising this conversation within the crop insurance industry. Um, and I know you and I have had this conversation a little bit in in the past. Can you tell me about the perspective that you bring to RMA and and why the conversation on continuing to focus on how we diversify? Um, and provide a more equitable program and, and inclusion within that is important to you. Yes. And, you know, probably some of it goes back to the time I spent serving as a county executive director in Western South Dakota, where I witnessed firsthand some of the barriers, the stigmas when providing government programs, um, educating on Pine Ridge, um, and Pine Ridge is is that a reservation? Yes, it's it's um, one of the largest reservations, in fact, in the whole country. Okay. Um, and so, I you know I looked at that, and while USDA has done some incredible work, there's a long ways to go when it comes to um, making sure things are equitable. You know, I think about my own farming operation. I've had generations of knowledge, institutional knowledge passed down from my dad, my grandfather, his great-grandfathers, you know, on and on. And that's not the same kind of um, opportunity that I saw when I was working on the Indian Reservation in western South Dakota. Many of those individuals were re- had been removed from that, from that whole process, um, just because of the nature of the evolution of reservations and how they've come to be. Um, so already then, having that that optic to me helps me understand even better why it's so important now, how many years later, when I was there, that we have a long ways to go. Um, 
diversity. Diversity isn't just amongst people. It's a, it's about crops. Mm-hmm. It's about um, livestock. There's many, so many things that I think we can um, improve upon when it comes to marrying up crop insurance, livestock products within crop insurance, um, and also with the people that serve in their communities, in their areas. There has been a lot of traveling done by myself this past year. And, you know, and in talking with underserved areas, there is a huge lapse or gap of what's available to those areas with regards to um, not only agents and loss adjusters that look like those communities, but also the understanding of crop insurance itself. Um, It goes from basically no knowledge of crop insurance to some knowledge. And when I first came on, it really struck me the lack of equity with regards to um, availability. My husband has the best crop insurance coverage in the world. He's a cordon bean grower. Um, and we all know those traditional crops with crop insurance have, have some phenomenal options with crop ins- with coverage and the understanding of them. Um, you know, he's now in his early 60s and he's come along with everyone else that had those opportunities. But that isn't what has always gone on with specialty crops, organic crops, with urban ag, with underserved communities like the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation, like the Hispanic populations. Um, And as we continue to see the needs of food and the the growing need for food, um, I think now is a, a wonderful, wonderful opportunity to be able to capitalize upon everyone who wants to grow food and um, to be able to feed not only this nation, but the world. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I think back to the eight years that I spent um, traveling and talking to people and telling their stories uh, for Farm Her when, when that was all I focused on. And I never really took my crop insurance hat off. Uh, I Many times I would ask them how they manage the risk on their farms. And, and mm-hmm. while we visited every type of operation, uh, you know, large, small, uh, you know, geographically different. Um, many of the farms that we visited, I would say at least half of them were smaller scale, often local, local food focused um, operations. There's a lot of women in that space, right? And yeah, yeah. the the comment that I would, would always get was that, you know, crop insurance doesn't, that, that that's not a program meant for them, um, or that it doesn't, it's not something that's available to them. Um, and I would usually stop the conversation right there because I wasn't engaged in crop insurance anymore. Right. But, mm-hmm. but I think there is a lack of understanding. Um, and you know, the, the path today for, uh, people to understand the programs available to them is through agents. But, you know, if, if I am a, a a woman who started a farm uh, maybe within the last few years and nobody has passed on any institutional knowledge to me, right? It's just something that I feel that I want to try to do. Um, It's only up to me to go seek out that knowledge about crop insurance. And I think that's one of the hard parts if you don't even know that it's out there. Um, Right. And and so- Kind of like the old 
the old adage, you know, how do you know? You almost need to know the answers so you can know what questions to ask. Absolutely. And so with my crop insurance hat back on, I I say, how can we do better at making sure that people know what's out there? Right. And and it's a lot of conversations. Mm -hmm. And, and um, I think there's a lot of different ways that we absolutely can focus on that. But, but it is important because, um, you know, the you're right. The The people who are in situations like your husband, who have had that generational knowledge passed down to them, that have been a part of the program, uh, maybe since its inception, right, uh, have that understanding. Right. And they, they aren't, um, I, I assume he's not intimidated by having a conversation with somebody about managing risk, right? Whereas if, no. if you're newer to this, or if you don't feel like maybe you've got a, a good um a good network within within agriculture that you can be a part of. Maybe it's confusing and kind of scary, and maybe it's intimidating to bring up those. It would be for me, I think. So, um, yes, it's yes. it's interesting. No, and you know, to your point, and you know, I need to thank you, Margie, for your time um, standing up, farm her. I'm thinking, wow, I'm I'm envious. But yet I'm also excited that you continue to um, play a role in promoting that because many of the conversations that I've had this past year are with young women and they have their own small farming operation. And so they're excited about it. They, they love being outdoors. They love being you know, able to grow things. They love to be able to not only feed their families, with what they're growing, but to also use it as a way to sustain their livelihood. Mm-hmm. Um, but they they don't have that institutional knowledge, so I think they they feel like they're they're alone. Um, and so I think be able to go out and talk to um, women, like I have been able to, it's been exciting for them and for me to be able to start to share and to share that knowledge base and exchange phone numbers, exchange emails. Um, I'm always available to anyone because it's important for me to make sure that people understand as the administrator, I'm here to serve you. And that means everybody within um, this country that is trying to grow something. And not only that, in some instances, you know, it's still important to have that possible idea that it's not always about being out growing something, whether it's in a garden, whether it's in a field, whether it's in um, a pasture with cattle, um, in a pen with pigs. But there are ways, like I thought, whether it was off-farm employment through a a government agency, or becoming an independent crop insurance agent. Because once that young woman, once that woman is in that role, the amount of knowledge that she can share is not quantifiable. I think it becomes, um, she becomes a role model in that, in that position as well. She best understands her situation. She best understands what she's doing in her operation so that she can apply that knowledge and, and, and apply that to crop insurance and how it can work for other women like her right? trying to manage their risk. Those local networks, those, those people that you lean on uh, in yeah. some way, shape or form, that, that's, 
That's so important because these these women um, that you know, or, or farmers in general, they're running businesses, right? And and any, yeah. I, I can speak from the seat of a small business owner. You've got to have your people that you can lean on, that you can go to, and say, "What should I do about this?" And um, you know, how how do I balance this, and how do I juggle this? And and so it it's so important to have those networks. Um, and and you know, I think. It's always important to remember um, that many of us are in situations where we can share that knowledge that we have already gained at some point with others and, mm-hmm. and kind of invite them into that circle and say, hey, did you know about this? Um, and I, I think that's that's huge, right? I, I always want to turn the dial in really big ways, but I think when in this diversity conversation, um, you have to think about how you can turn a lot of dials in little ways and uh, over, yeah. over time that builds. You're exactly right. Um, you know, sure, would we love to be able to just implant in everybody's brain, you know, this is what's available, but that isn't how this works. It's, it's day-to-day, person-by-person, that I think we can best get the word out, um, give some information, instill confidence, um, and just be available to those that are seeking and wanting to gain additional knowledge. Um, and you, and to me, I've seen what I've seen is that there is a connection when one woman can talk to another woman about about a topic. <coughs> Likewise, um, it's important to look like your community that you're serving. Uh, right, right away, there is almost like a connection. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw I saw it last week when I was talking to the rural coalition um, and individuals that were there at that conference. That um, when I was encouraging them to consider being a crop insurance agent or a loss adjuster, because there's all kinds of levels of understanding about what crop insurance is and how it works, um, and how important it is to me for them. To have individuals like you, Margie, like me, in their communities, helping them understand. Absolutely. Well, um, I think you probably just hit on it a little bit. I, I was going to ask what what USDA, what what the risk management agency is doing in this space. What what programs are are you working on? Um, how are you trying to turn turn those dials in small ways? It sounds like you've done a lot of traveling and, and speaking with groups. Are there certain ways um, that that you guys within RMA have uh, started to turn those dials? You know, we have. We have done a a number of things. Um, We have been um, doing a lot through risk management education. In 2022, RMA invested more than $2.2 million in risk management education, providing training to historically underserved farmers, as well as organic specialty crop and livestock producers. You know, and we're, we're continuing to evolve that. We're committed to reducing barriers so that we, so everyone can have access to risk management education. Um, and we will be announcing our next pool of funding. Um, and that will probably be sometime in February or so that we'll make that announcement for those that are interested in obtaining a grant to provide some kind of risk management education. In addition, um, we also announced a couple of new new concepts, really, 
Um, we announced this past year, number one, a navigator program, and that is housed with the University of Arkansas. And there we are looking at, we'll have subject matter experts that are available online for people in the Southeast to raise questions around crop insurance. And it's, it's kind of on the, the concept of um, the navigator system that the medical field currently has, where you can go online and ask questions and get health insurance types of questions answered. But this is with crop insurance. And then we're also um, having another partnership that is going to be basically um, hitting the ground running in the next couple of months. And what that is, is we're calling that building resiliency, where we are committed to working with four partners. The Intertribal Ag Council is the lead principal, but along with them are three other organizations that we're working with. And one is Annie's Project, one is Alcorn State University, and, and then also the Rural Co Coalition. And here we're looking at those partners are going to be recruiting, training, assisting, mentoring um, individuals who are interested in becoming a crop insurance agent, becoming a loss adjuster. And so if there are individuals listening that are in those um, underserved areas that I've identified, including um, women and people of color, I would highly encourage you to go to the website, usda.rma.gov, and take a look at those projects and reaching out to possibly Annie's project as an example. If you are interested in becoming a loss adjuster or a crop insurance agent, um, again, we're going, those, those partners are going to be providing the necessary training so that you can become a licensed agent as an example in your state. Every state has their own licensing requirements, so we are going to assist. They, that partner is going to assist you with um, passing whatever necessary test, paying for the cost of that test, but then also training um, each individual on the roles and responsibilities of an agent and a loss adjuster, and then working with agencies, approved insurance providers, for possible placement as an agent, as a loss adjuster. Yeah, and, and this is a, a cool opportunity. As as you know, and as I've talked about before on this podcast, I'm engaged with Annie's Project, uh, which is Education for Farm Women. Uh, we've had the mm -hmm. opportunity to tell stories of many, many women who've engaged in that. And, and you know, I think, Marcia, it, goes, it takes me all the way back to uh, you talking about your farm and, and your background in agriculture and, and your career to some extent in that, Diversification is is extremely important, right? I think uh, as mm -hmm. a human, as as business owners, as people who are forming careers or mid career or, or at the end of our careers, even right, all of the different parts right. and pieces that we can collect to um, not only help ourselves and, and help our families, but help those around us are extremely important. And, and to me, this opportunity is exactly that. In that, um, you know, uh, our our USDA is is undertaking this initiative to help um, bring on a, a more diverse array of uh, agents and loss adjusters in the crop insurance program. And um, when I say diversification, I mean, 
very, very few people that I meet who are farmers, that's the only one source of income that they have, right? And so these are opportunities where people who are already engaged in agriculture can find a way to engage and diversify themselves in another way, diversify their income in another way, um, and, yeah. and serve the populations yeah. that matter to them, um, quite frankly. And and so I think it's a, it's a good idea and uh, one that I'm, I'm excited to see continue uh, to grow and to build. Um, because I think this is just another one of those small dials, right? <laughs> that that yes, over time yes. builds. Right. And, and and it becomes then part of that institutional knowledge base. Um, so with this, you know, we're creating a new a new path for institutional knowledge to develop and grow and um I am so excited about this building resiliency. Um, I just think back to when I was first married and our net worth became a negative net worth and, you know, it was a struggle. Um, banks weren't real keen on loaning out more money in those times and to be able to have that off-farm employment that is also not only a respectable career, but also one that you have the opportunity to be autonomous in that you can have it be as small scale as you want or as large scale as you want. Um, There are crop insurance agents that have small books of business. There are crop insurance agents that have grown their business into multi-million dollar businesses. Um, So it it just really becomes a very individualized, process or opportunity, depending upon what you want to do. My only, my only regret is that I maybe didn't become a crop insurance agent sooner. Right. Because it really did allow me to take control and, and um, dictate how I wanted to um, evolve. Um, being an independent agent has been the best experience of my career. Absolutely. Everything else, everything, everything else was very important um, and allowed me to be accepted into this role. But to be able to work on the farm with my husband, but yet also be an independent agent. I'm excited um, for my career at RMA, but I'm also excited about what I'm going to be able to return to. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I, I think I would say the same. I've not been an agent, but building my own business um, has yeah. absolutely transformed the way that I look at any organization that I'm a part of. Um, and and so I think it's a, a really great perspective. And, and, you know, this just goes to show there's opportunity out there for anybody who wants it. Uh, it's it's yeah. uh, sitting there and waiting. And so for uh, while while our audience is admittedly uh, uh, heavily female, um, we we do talk to all kinds of people, obviously through Farm Her. But um, for for those women out there that I know are listening and have at least one foot on the farm, um, you know, I, I hope you heard today that there is opportunity. There's opportunity in in diversifying what you do. Um, you know that that you 
your career, your path is just as windy as the person next to you. Uh, so um, mm-hmm. reaching out and having that conversation is is always important. And and very importantly, I hope you have heard that crop insurance is a program for every single producer out there, uh, every farmer, every rancher, uh, no matter where you are, there is there is some way that you can participate in the federal government crop insurance program in the United States. Um, and so if, if you have an interest in learning more and understanding more about that, Marsha, where would you uh, suggest that people go to find out more? Um, a, couple, a couple of ideas. Again, there is the www.usda.rma.gov website. But as your administrator, I would also offer my email address. So it is my name, Marsha.Bunger at usda.gov. So my name is spelled M-A-R-C-I-A dot Bunger, B-U-M-G-E-R at usda.gov. Send me an email and I will get back to you as soon as I can. I answer all my emails. Um, I also enlist a, a phenomenal staff at RMA to help me with questions, um, to help me guide. Um, and so if you are interested in building resiliency, the Navigator pot, you know, the, the Navigator program, and also our RME partnership announcement, please don't hesitate to send me an email. And I will love to get you in, con- in contact with the right with the right organizations and with the right people. And there you have it. Uh, that is Marsha's direct contact. So I would encourage anybody who's listening who wants to have that conversation to absolutely reach out. That is an opportunity that um, I, I'm always uh, preaching that you should take every opportunity that, that comes your way. And and uh, this is one to make yet another connection. And so, Marsha, thank you so much for joining us on, on Farm Her Talks. It was a pleasure to hear about your career and about um, your goals and some of the things that you're working on at RMA. Thank you, Margie. It's always fun to get to talk to you, whether it's in person or on the phone. Um, And I'm so impressed with what you're doing, not only in your present career, but also with your commitment to women in agriculture. You're a phenomenal advocate. So thank you. Well, thank you very much. Take care. I hope you all enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Marsha is... uh, a very accomplished woman and one that I'm proud to know and one that I'm very happy to say is engaged in in the industry. Um, You all should be happy to know that she's working on behalf of of all underserved populations. Um, But broadly, she has lived in the role uh, day in and day out of rural communities and of farmers. And so she brings a great perspective to it. I hope you uh, gain some some good insight and knowledge as to the windy path of careers, the need for diversification for all of us. And uh, as usual, I hope you enjoyed just hearing a little bit of somebody else's story right here on Farm Her Talks. <laughs>